everyone. This is your friendly neighborhood World Film Geek, Albert Valance, and welcome to the latest episode of the World Film Geek Podcast, where we have exclusive interviews with actors and filmmakers in both global and independent cinema. Today I've interviewed Rick Dugdale. He is the producer and director of Zero Contact, a film that was made during the pandemic in 17 different countries from production to post-production. The film stars the legendary Anthony Hopkins, along with Chris Brochu, Alex Ponovich, and Veronica Ferris. The film will be released in select theaters, on demand, and digital this Friday from Lionsgate. And you get to hear Rick talk about how he achieved this nearly impossible task, but he did it. So check it out, guys, and I hope you get to enjoy the interview and check out the film when it comes out this Friday. Um, I'm so glad to be talking with you. Um, I saw half of Zero Contact. I'm going to watch the other half today, as a matter of fact. But what I saw, I was totally impressed. Um, I loved these type of movies, especially with the pandemic that hit, that everything is done through Zoom. And I just, I, this was a great film so far from what I saw. Uh, amazing. Thank you. So how did this project come about? So during the pandemic, the start of the pandemic, we had an international think tank with a lot of the partners we work with. We, we make films all over the world. So we pulled those guys in and said, all right, how do you make a film if you can't be in the same room together? And we started to kind of workshop this idea and, you know, we're, weren't getting in a lot of places, but Cam Cannon, who works with me, him and I started workshopping this idea that could actually be turned into a script. And he ran with it. 10 days later, we had a screenplay that we looked at and said, wow, this actually works. And it's logistically possible. And from there, we started putting together, putting the cast together and, and it became real. Yeah, and what I liked was, I mean, the cast was great in this. I mean, you have Anthony Hopkins, of course, leading the way. Um, you have Alex Ponovich, um, Lily Krug, all these great actors in the movie. And like I said, I, I just love the fact that they did everything in, in the Zoom way. And I just recently saw a few films that did the same element, and it worked out really well in different genres. So I saw a horror film that was all on Zoom, and I saw a, com a romantic comedy that was all done on Zoom. Now it gets wow, a, okay. a sci-fi thriller on Zoom. So it seems like this is becoming a, a bit of a trend. Yeah, it's, it's possible. I mean, that's the big takeaway, right? It, it's possible if you if you just figure it out. And the one thing we didn't want to do is we didn't want to make anything about COVID and probably not a horror movie because that's the first place that people would go to is to try to make a horror film over Zoom. So, exactly. But you could make something about COVID. People need escapism still at the end of the day. Exactly. Um, and so how, how long did shooting take on this project and were there any challenges in considering the elements that you were working with? Yeah, you know, this, this is a film that we tried to make it feel like a real film set. And we had all the production heads and production designer and the DP and the editor. Everyone was on the Zooms with us, standing on set as we made, made the film. This probably took about six weeks with a production schedule very unique. We, we didn't really go off a of one-liner or any kind of day to days because we were at the mercy of shooting in Japan when they were available. And we did a company move in the middle of the night from Japan to Serbia and then to Stockholm. And, and so it was, uh, as much, as much as the film felt very real, we were kind of, uh, at the mercy of how the schedule is going to play out. So the film whole process though, took probably six months. Once we got into post-production and everyone started getting really excited by what we actually had. We needed to take more time. There was a plan to get it out quickly just to kind of say we've A to Z in three months. But 
it, we needed to take the necessary time to finish the film correctly. So you mentioned moving from Japan to Serbia to Stockholm. How many countries did you actually shoot this movie in? So there, there's 17 countries that were involved. And that means a lot of the visual effects were done in, in Russia and Brazil. And we were all over the map. And again, we had technicians that, you know, it was a global pandemic. So we had real professionals that weren't also weren't shooting in Japan and and Sweden and stuff. So we were able to kind of go to our colleagues all around the world. So I think we actually shot, there's nine locations, I think, in the film and a lot of the post-production even added to those to those countries. That's insane. That's like, mm -hmm. I think that's unheard of. I think that's gotta be the most, that's the, that's gotta be one of those craziest productions I've ever heard of, like shooting all over the place like that. This is like the equivalent I mean, of, a, of a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels not like quite the same. <laughs> not quite the same budget, but you know, it's it's hard enough to do a company move, you know, three blocks away on a film set. Now you're actually going from Tokyo, and you had people like standing by in another monitor. Hey, you guys ready? We're gonna we're gonna beat you in an hour. Make sure you keep you know setting up lighting and stuff. And then we would close this Zoom chat in Tokyo. Then we're in Belgrade, and then we'd okay, you guys ready? Get ready, uh, Munich. Almost like a live show. And then you'd patch in and then you'd replicate that the next day. And we'd be do, doing different scenes so that, you know, one actor is not just sitting on Zoom for 12 hours, right? So you'd right. do one scene, you'd bounce around the world next day, come back, do the same thing. So, and also people had kids at home and their lives. So you, they're, they're, each of their homes weren't a, a movie studio. So we had to say, okay, for these three hours, we need to shoot this scene. And then for the next night, we come back and shoot this sequence for two, three hours. So that's, that's crazy. And how, how, did, how did the cast correspond with that? That must be that must have been impressive for all these cast members to interact in that fashion. I mean, was it yeah, was that yeah. just not like was it done like a movie set where you looked at one screen and then the next person or was it done separately? Yeah. So there was some discussion early on that we would we would have uh, them on the Zoom and then they would read lines <clears throat> opposite the other actor. Mm -hmm. But the reality was, we, this is not a Zoom movie. We didn't, sh we, we used Zoom to stand on set. So there'd be syncing issues mm -hmm. and we'd have to mic up the other guy potentially to get his dialogue that would actually be useful. But, you know, one of your earlier questions, you asked what are the biggest, you know, logistical challenges, challenges the Wi-Fi signal. So if we had Wi-Fi bad and you actually had the actor reading across them, then he's going to lose it meaning lose lose his mind as well and lose the performance and then it would be a waste so what we did is they they were not not only not in the same room they never met each other we had one kind of table read that not everybody attended so the kind of lack of chemistry that you would feel on a normal set because they didn't see him nor were they on the zoom mm -hmm. that would play into their characters that we as human beings all have felt disconnected for two years so that lack of chemistry played into what this film would be. That is crazy. But I got to say, from what it looks like, it looks like it's a stellar film. I'm definitely looking forward to checking out the rest of it to where I left off and seeing how this um, how this is going to come out, how this is going to all play out. But um, what's next after this? What's coming so up? So we, we are in production right now on, on Zero Contact Part 2 and 3, which is kind of continuation of innovation. And that is we're not doing them in, in the same same uh, way obviously we're shooting them all around the world i think we're shooting in 11 countries for real this time so we started filming in antarctica in december is the first film ever to shoot in antarctica wow. which is really exciting so we're going to open this thing up and this is going to be a you know indiana jones like 
franchise that we're doing with this. Oh my gosh. I hope people will check this out when it comes out on Friday. They need to just, awesome. just the whole concept alone. And now that you mentioned that this is going to be the first film to be shot in actually in Antarctica and not a set that looks like Antarctica. It, yeah, we didn't cheat it. It's yeah. mind blowing. It's just mind blowing right there. Yeah. So yeah. Well, everyone's got to check out zero contact. It's coming out this Friday. Everyone wants to see something very different, but want to still, you know, enjoy a good popcorn like film, but in a different type of way, they're going to want to see this. And Rick, you're the man. I, I'm so excited for this and I can't wait to see how all this plays out. Awesome. Thanks so much, Oliver. Thanks for having me. All right. And you take care and stay safe. All right. All right. Thanks for checking out that interview, everyone. I hope you all enjoyed it. And I hope you all get to check out Zero Contact on Friday. Check out Friday at 9 a.m. for Movies That Need More Love, the podcast where I talk about underrated films, giving trivia, breaking the film down, telling why the movie needs more love. This week's film will be 315, The Moment of Truth, starring Adam Baldwin. And also check out worldfilmgeek.com for reviews and uh, interviews and a lot more fun stuff. So until then, take care, guys.